Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your calls, Andrew Forbes, Peter Barracchini, and Alex Hobson. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Sticks in the Six, episode 150, Peter can you even imagine that we have reached this point after, you know, starting out in our basements? We're now at 150. Obviously, it's just the two of us tonight. Alex, again, traveling the globe, uh, hitting up the uh, the West Coast this week, uh, you know, taking in the slopes and and uh, what he can uh, in a different time zone from us. But uh, yeah, episode 150, buddy. How's it, uh, how's it going today? Yeah, happy 150 to you, man. Again, it just seems so surreal. Like, it just seems like yesterday we were just starting this off at like midsummer because we were bored out of our goddamn minds of what to do in the midst of COVID. Yeah, like literally. And now, all of a sudden, 150 episodes in, we're still going strong with the content. And yeah, just really happy to keep doing this with you. Um, here's another 150 more and 150 beyond that because this has been an absolute ride. Um, Overall, I've been good, man. Um, obviously, this week I kind of like just, you. All, like you always have one of those weeks where you just need to like take a step back, relax, and everything like that. Been doing that a bit lately. Today I went some you know retail therapy and did some shopping. Got some new kicks. Uh, had to get some new AirPod earbuds because mine were completely busted up. And you know what? For doing that, as if that's going to be my highlight, so be it. I don't care. It was nice and relaxing today. How are you doing, man? Buddy, a little bit of uh, retail therapy never hurt anybody. Yeah, never hurt anybody. Um, no, I'm doing. I'm doing good. Uh, like you said, happy to be here, episode 150. And uh, as a little uh, thank you to the listeners uh, who have who have stuck with us over the the past three and a half seasons. Um, I'm going to throw an open invite. You ever see that movie Invincible with uh, Mark Wahlberg where they throw that open invite out, like uh, based on the true story of the Philadelphia Eagles, throw an open invite out to anyone to come out and try out and try and make the team out of, uh, out of uh, summer training. No, I haven't seen that. Okay. So you got all these people, all kinds of people lining up at the, at the Eagle stadium uh, wanting to try out and he ends up making the team. Um, and, uh, you know, has his five minutes of Eagles fame or whatever, but anyways, I'm going to throw it out there this episode because Alex isn't here. He, 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 
hopefully we'll be stopping at some point. It is episode 150 after all. Um, but there's an open invite. If you're listening, if you're a Leaf fan, if you want to come on and have a quick Leaf take and you got a <laughs> nice little setup at home and you, you know, you're waiting to get your, your, your two minutes, shoot us a quick message, a DM, whether it be on, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, wherever we're kind of, uh, we're going live here right now and uh, we'll throw you the link. Maybe you come on for a couple minutes and, and shoot the shit about the Leafs. But outside of that, big shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for getting us on here. Um, they, they continue to support us. DraftKings, NDL House, episode 150. It's going to be strictly Leafs. We're not talking any, any league-wide stuff going on right now. We're going to talk strictly Leafs. Um, so let's get into it. Let's get, let's get right into the heart of why we started this podcast, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Morgan Riley. We talked about it last week, his suspension, five, five games. We were kind of all on the fence. We knew he was going to get suspended. We were all kind of hoping two to three games. And all of a sudden George Peros comes down with the most inconsistent decision ever made and gives him five games. And now we're talking about the department of player safety. Again, it seems like an endless conversation. So at five games, you don't go to an outside arbitrator when you appeal. You go to Gary Bettman. And Gary Bettman has overturned maybe one of George Peros's decisions over the years since 2017. Um, he did. He upheld the five games. I think we all knew that was going to happen when he didn't make the decision before game four. We mm-hmm. knew game five was, a, was obviously going to happen. His statement about Morgan Riley's suspension and why it happened. What is your takeaway from Gary Bettman's explanation as to why he upheld the five game suspension? Um, a lot of things, really. Um, you know, basically his comments saying that, you know, had like just overall like even just the comments that he made mr riley's actions were not taken in self-defense they were not accidental and they were not reflect reflex if they were not simply careless or merely reckless um like it, it like along those lines it just seems like you know he, he feels that Riley had this intention when meanwhile we all saw the stick ride up the shoulder and hit him in the face right Again, we knew it was going to be a suspension. Main point of contact was the shoulder, not the head. So I, I just don't understand why he's painting this picture that, you know, it was a vicious attack when we've seen many, many more vicious attacks or 10 times worse where the Jacob Truba one, where Alex mentioned where what, what I don't know what his, um, you know, reference was or how he compared it to, but, you know, kind of like the Paul Bunyan whack across Trent Frederick's head right there that was more malicious and more intent than what riley did now and for him to come out with his comments you know what i'm just gonna say it is what it is you know you're not gonna change his mind especially now that the fact that maybe he didn't want right i i don't know why but i to me i thought he would have uh rescinded it and it would have just led to time already served um but i think that if he's doing stuff like this, like if there's no independent arbitrator to get it rescinded and he's the one making the call, I hope, and this is probably wishful thinking that he's going to do this for other suspensions like this in the near future. 
And if he does rescind them, then it's going to create this whole up in arms saying, well, you rescinded this. This is 10 times worse than what Morgan Riley did. Where's the disconnect right there? Why are you doing this, but didn't do that for Riley? That's where I'm headed right now. If he's making these comments, he's got to set the bar as well as the league that this won't be tolerated, even if it is accidental. Fine. Just be consistent about it because, like you said, the inconsistency with this is just god-awful at this point. Um, that's where I stand with his comments. Um, you know, it was like he, he even like I, I can't believe he even said that his suspension almost certainly would have been considered to be longer if he did not have a clean record. Well, what the hell does that say about Brad Marchand? What does that say about Tom Wilson? You know, where their records are definitely not squeaky clean. Yeah, I mean, there was a, there was certainly a lot to take away from this. Um, so here's kind of where I'm coming from is uh, in upholding the the five game suspension. One, I like I I question whether it was a five versus six game because then it wouldn't go to the outside arbitrator. I I, yeah. I truly think that that ma- that decision was made consciously, knowing that Bettman would be the one who upholds the the decision. Beyond that, though, there was one quote that uh, came from Bettman, and he said, "Had he had he done so in in reference to um, engaging with Greg in a different way, saying he had enough time, sufficient time to engage with Greg uh, differently, example with a push or a shove, or even dropping by dropping his gloves to fight. Had he done so, there uh, likely would have been no need for supplemental discipline." So. I want to take you back to this this whole idea that the league is about player safety and one of the biggest things that they've been focused on over the last few years. And Alan Walsh will, will defend me on this, saying that the league does not give a shit about CTE, does not give a shit about concussions, still does not own the fact that concussions happen. Mm-hmm. And he promoted the fact that he should have dropped should his have mitts it. and fought him. Yet Greg would still have been an unsuspecting player in that same situation had he dropped the mitts so for me i'm looking at it and i'm like this is this is completely hypocritical that that whole comment yeah one you're first of all you're telling your players that yeah you should go out and fight rather than you know take matters into your own hands and 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 do that two you're saying that he had enough time i think there was like a it was a split second decision wires crossed it happened but you saw in the replay that Greg was literally looking at Riley coming after him. There's oh, at least absolutely. a two to four second gap in between. You don't you don't do that play. And and shout out to Sens fan who Sens fans who got their arms like they they got their panties in a knot because I put a post out there saying look at all the hits that Riley Griggs or Ridley Griggs taken over the last uh, week. Um, yeah. But I mean, saw that little, that went viral. It, it like a hundred percent. I went viral. <laughs> it, blew up. it is people are freaking out, and I'm like, you know, whatever. I was poking fun at the whole situation, but anyways, mm-hmm. that's besides the point. Um, you essentially, when you do something like that, you know what's coming. You yeah. you you've played hockey long enough. If you're in the NHL, you've played hockey at levels where you know that if you try to showboat, if you try to show somebody up, and everyone's gonna go back to the the Austin Matthews it's a goal celebration as, as showboating that was against the refs that had nothing to do with the team that he was playing. That was a goal called back that shouldn't have been called back in the first place. And he's coming back saying, okay, now that one's for sure a goal Mm -hmm. that sure. You want to call it showboating. That's fine. 
Nobody took exception to it because no, everybody knew it had nothing to do with the opposition. Whereas this play had everything to do with who he was playing, everything to do with the Leafs. Yeah. And absolutely, Morgan Riley, who literally, if you look at his penalty minutes per game over his career, make make the make the comparison if you want. But this is not a guy who does this on a regular basis. The wires crossed. He had a momentary lapse in judgment. And yeah, I would have given him two games. Absolutely. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's just amazing that the NHL went complete hypocritical on everything that they've tried to, to do over the past number of years. And it's actually right in line with everything that they've done in the past couple of years. The the lack of wearing, you know, special jerseys and warmups. Something they've tried to do is create inclusivity. They went against that this year. They tried to get rid of pride tape creating inclusivity that's something they went against again this year now they're saying well i would have rather you dropped your mitts and punched him in the face than you cross check him in the side of the head after it rides up his shoulder okay yeah. no problem you want to talk about player safety again you've gone against everything that you've tried to do in this league for the past 10 years and and you know just basically shit on that so that comment got me and then the other comment that got me was when he said that the force behind Riley's cross check was worse than any previous incident that they had seen or that the Leafs had brought up in their meeting. And one of those incidents was um, Jeff Skinner. I forget who was on, but it was Jeff Skinner. Go back, watch Jeff Skinner's cross check. He got suspended three games at the time for that, uh, that cross check. And, the comment about there being more force behind Morgan Riley's cross check might be the most bullshit comment I've ever read in my entire life. So I don't even think he's lost crack the top 10. No, absolutely not. And, and you bring up, you bring up uh, Jacob Truba on Trent Frederick, like Gary Bettman is lost. Gary is lost. Out of I don't know if it's, he's out of touch. Um, we like, this goes way back to his Kyle beach, uh, uh, presser after that all came out and mm -hmm. how how ridiculous his comments were then this is a guy who has no fucking idea who his audience is and there's a time and place when you need to read the room and say look this is the situation we need to start talking about it look at the inconsistencies in the department of player safety let's talk about it the time is now i'm sick and tired of it every fan base that has a player suspended where there is an inconsistency is tired of it. It's not just a Leafs thing. It's league-wide. There's inconsistent decisions being made inside the, the league office. Fix it. Because this is asinine to even be having this conversation about a guy who was literally in the Lady Bing conversation a week prior to smoking Ridley Gregg in the fucking head. And you bring up that point too. Like we, we complain about how the officials don't know the rule book with all these missed calls and everything like that. It's going at a fast pace. What yada, yada, yada video review and all that. It's even more sad that the commissioner of this league who basically approved of the NHL rule book does not know the rules or what would constitute as a suspension worthy play hit, whatever. Again, suspension worthy. Did it require the the max amount of games for that? Absolutely not. And I agree with you. Like he is so out of touch right now that you know he they got it. They literally got a clean house, and or he, you got to get a new voice in. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know what the process is. 
think fans would love it if Bettman was out as commissioner of the league and get somebody in that actually knows what they're doing and actually cares about player safety and actually puts their foot down and not be very inconsistent with the rulings where Truba could get a fine, but Riley could get a suspension. I, 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 I really don't know about this. This is just really, um, I'm really at a lot. Like I really can't find any more words to describe this because of just how disgraceful this really is. And as a commissioner of the league, you should at least have an idea in your mind of what the penalty should be just in case it does come to you. And you should already have some sort of evidence to back up your comments because his comments did not do that at all. Here's the thing though. After everything that I just said, I'm not even surprised. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I go on this, like, I, why I go on are this we? full-blown tangent about how how useless Gary Bettman is as a commissioner, and it. I at the same time, I'm not even surprised that it was upheld <laughs> because, like, I mean, it's Renew the it. NHL and it's Gary Bettman. <laughs> like, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. Alan Alan Walsh, get in there. You be the commissioner. Like you, what you've said on Twitter over or X or whatever over the last little while. Um. You know, you you're more in touch with what's going on in the league, and and you're right in the in the thick of it with players. I mean, you know what's going on. So, uh, I think you would have provocateur, like, agent uh, provocateur, right there. I was about to say with that show. Um, listen, he does he does have that great show uh, on the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. But if there comes a time where he has to leave and become commissioner, now is the time because I think everybody would love him in there because why. He, because he makes the comments that basically everyone agrees with at this point. Why couldn't you still have the show? Oh, you, yeah, you can first, still do it. First, yeah, yeah. First there you go. major league commissioner, first with big his own league podcast. commissioner to have his own podcast. There you I go. Think that's perfect. There you go. So take out what I said before. <laughs> I'll be his agent if he needs it. Um, anyways, um, that said, with the Leafs, the way that they played without Riley in the lineup, I believe the numbers are like 17 – two and one all time when he's out of the lineup. Um, and obviously four and oh, since the, since the cross checking uh, incident, um, obviously tonight will be, a I want to say big test. People are going to underestimate these coyotes that are on a 10 game losing streak. No, it is a big test, but these are the teams that the Leafs lose against, especially when they're going in on a four game win streak and you got the coyotes on a 10 game lose streak. Like if yeah. you're a betting person, Take the take the Coyotes and take Austin Matthews to score. Parlay that, and you're coming out big. But also with a nice assist, hopefully, with a nice assist as well. But that being said, the Leafs are four zero this season without Riley in the lineup. Your take on their play? Is it a Ridley Grig sparked um, run here, or or what are we talking about? I wouldn't necessarily say that it's really Greg inspired, but more Morgan Riley showing some fight. And some, you know, snot, piss, and vinegar that, you know, Trilliving wanted to see with this team. And you saw that with that incident. Um, you know, he didn't like it. You know, he didn't take too kindly to it. He goes up to him and he showed him how he felt. And it, it, the timing was very perfect because that game against the Blues, his first game of the suspension, was a big test because the Blues were kind of hot coming into that game. Maple Leafs kind of kind of inconsistent you know lose one lose two they would win one lose two i don't know what the record would be but they were very inconsistent even heading into the all-star break um they probably had one of their best 
shutdown defensive physical performances of the year to date in that game. Simon Benoit, uh, Jake McCabe were absolutely phenomenal as the quote unquote top pairing. You had Bobby McMahon show up with a hat trick. You had some depth scoring where the maybe the stars stars are productive. They had their chances, but they couldn't find the score sheet. And you know, you saw them finish their checks. You saw them be physical. You never saw that before. You saw that in the same game against the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, kind of a bit of an inconsistent effort, slow start, but Matthews carried the team on his back, you know, William Nylander, game-winning goal. Then you had the Racco Gudis game filled where it was all Maple Leafs going after him, Domi, Reeves, everybody, because they saw him forgot what happened in the playoffs last season. And you could tell that probably Gudis was afraid of them. Because every single opportunity came, especially Reeves going in his face, he turtled and backed away. So that whole tough, tough side of Gudis, no show. And then same thing, St. Louis Blues, bit of a slow start, afternoon game, and then they come out and they still manage to find the, 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 a way to secure the victory. Power play, penalty kill, 5-5, they were absolutely dominant or actually played to their level in the second and third period. These are the games that build character they build that Stanley Cup mentality they build that I'm actually going to write about it how they've played or how they're playing to win it during the suspension this is the type of play that should go a long way in the playoffs now whether the trade deadline has anything to do with it they bring in new faces or what have you this mindset, the way that they played these four games should resonate throughout the rest of the season and they're getting hot at the right time they dismantled an opponent that they probably should have in the Ducks. They need to do the same against the Coyotes. Like you said, you know, this is going to be a test for them because the Coyotes have been pretty good this season. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Aside from the whole arena situation, their team itself, they've been pretty decent. Again, the fact that they've lost 10 games, bit of a slump. Can it turn around? Usually it happens against the Maple Leafs because why not? And they literally cannot bow down to their opponent. They need to basically, you know, take a stranglehold right from the very beginning of the faceoff, just like they did against the Ducks. Show no mercy because now you're feeling you have momentum on your side. Nylander said that his suspension um, lit a fire in this team. That's the type of mentality that you need to have. And we talk about this, how this factor has been inconsistent for the Maple Leafs at times. If they keep showing this, you know, we're not going to take this anymore mentality. That's something to look forward to and take with you during the stretch leading up to the deadline and even after that. Yeah, I mean, he said, uh, Nylander said it. it uh, we're doing this for Mo. Um, you know, and, and I, I like what you said off the top. Like, you're not giving any credit to Ridley Grigg on this because there's no credit to be yeah. given. Um, no. At the end of the day, it's, it's Riley did what he had to do. He had to send that message. Exactly. And that's, that's the, that's the something that they've been missing for so long to see those quote unquote star players coming out and actually, you know, tipping the kettle a little bit and saying, you know what, I'm hot. I'm going to go after this guy. That's exactly what he did. Um, in, in saying that, you know, this, this is, like I said, this is going to be a test for them tonight. Um, they, they take them on at 10 o'clock when this podcast is released on the streaming services. Uh, you know, the game will already be over. But um, And I, I was correct there. They are 17-2-1 uh, and one all time without Riley in the lineup. So it, it, the numbers favor the Leafs. Them being on a four-game win streak favors the Leafs. 
the fact that Matthews is going for 50 at home favors the Leafs. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be money on the board. Uh, anybody who 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 knows who, who's heard that term understands what that is. I'm sure Matthew Nyes will put money on the board. I'm sure Matthews will put money on the board. And I'm sure the boys will have a great time out on the city after all is said and done. But they need to play full 60 minutes tonight yeah. against the tough Coyotes team. Aside from this 10-game stretch they've been on where they have not done well, this team has played well. They were in a playoff spot only two weeks ago. So um, it's definitely it's definitely a game that uh, the Leafs have to come out uh, come out uh, quick and they have to come out hard. Um, they can't be taking penalties. They got to figure it out. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun to to see what they can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the Leafs what they've done without Riley it's it's a good showing. Um, we talked about it last week. Alex mentioned it. They're playing playoff hockey starting now. So yeah. this is this is. At this point in the season, they're starting to play playoff hockey because there's a lot of doubt about what this team is going to do come playoff time, considering that they're going to play the Panthers, they're going to play the uh, – A lot the, of divisional Bruins, opponents. Or yeah. they could even see the Rangers at some point and Igor Shosturkin, Panarin, you name it, Zabinajad, that team is is looking good as well. So um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun second, I guess, what final third of the season um, yeah. to see what the Leafs can do. But yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot uh, a lot of fun to watch as we uh, we break it down. But um, yeah, I mean, looking at their record right now or the standings right now, they still have two games in hand on Boston and Florida. So let's say you know Boston and Florida go cold. Toronto takes advantage of two games. Plus they have three up on Tampa Bay right now. They're mm -hmm. at 57. So the ball is in the Maple Leafs court right now and how you want to play the rest of the season. Now, we saw how hot they could get on a stretch. We saw that in a little bit of November and December where they started to get hot again. Then they went cold. They consistency's crept in. But the fact right now is in the span since the 5th of February till now, Maple Leafs are six in point percentage, seven fourteen, five regulation wins, uh, two losses. This is per natural stat trick, and you're looking at like you know other key stats. They're uh, they're six in uh, goals four percentage. They have a decent scoring chances four percentage of fifty two point three four. That puts them top ten right there. Uh, high danger chances, 57.8%. That puts them fourth. You know, this team is doing damage. They're showing why they're one of the top offensive teams right now, and they're playing like it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, quick shout-out to Bubba Jamison. Man, Bubba, you're making me feel like I'm in a jail cell with that name. But uh, <laughs> anyways, I appreciate it. Uh, I... I Anyways, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun talking Leafs, and when you guys can, uh, when you guys can tune in here, and these are some of my coworkers here for me. And Steve, <laughs> oh, so. that's why, that's why. Okay, that's well, where it's. Uh... I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Stewie's uh, Stewie's a Detroit fan, and uh, you know it's been unfortunate for him over the last number of seasons as well. It's yeah. uh, it's tough when you don't get to see playoff hockey, but uh, the sure, are thinking things. I'm sure they're yeah they're they're gonna be they're gonna be watching some playoff hockey soon. Uh, Stewie, give us your pick of the uh, the night for is Matthew scoring fifty in Arizona? 
check it out on DraftKings. We'll get to that in a little <laughs> bit. But um, anyways, um, the tenacity and the way that they, they played against the Ducks. We saw Domi go after Radko Gudis and Radko Gudis kind of shy away from Ryan Reeves. That's exactly what you want as you get into the playoffs. What was your takeaway against the Ducks? Textbook. I mean, what did Ryan Reeves say at the beginning of the season when he was brought in and they asked, what would you do in that situation if, you know, Gudis did that again? And he said, I, I can't remember word for word, but it probably said like, oh, he probably wouldn't do that at all. Something so, along the lines, I'd punch him in the face or something like that. Probably. Yeah. But it, it, he, he, he's, he was all, at the beginning of the season when he was supposed to be that tough guy. Again, kind of shied away at that. But ever since he's come back to, he's been in the face of opponents. He's made his mark. And I don't know if maybe there was something lingering lingering as a result of that throughout the season. But then when he went on injured reserve, he was dealing with something. And then he comes back and he was showing to stay in the lineup. You know, he scored against the Winnipeg Jets. Um, you're not going to see a whole lot of that. But if he's being that presence in front of the net, that's going to be great. But that tough mentality, that mindset that he's just like, We'll see what happens. You know, let's see if he tries that again. He wasn't even on the team and he remembered what happened. And he was going right after him. I think it all started to where Gudis tried to lower the boom, try to do like a hip check. But we know how controversial he could be with those type of hits where gets too low, clips somebody. And Reeves did not like that at all. Nobody did. Everybody's going after him. Bobby McMahon scores a goal when they're running up the score, and then he takes a shot at him. You see Domi come in there doing the flying Geo. And again, Geo is probably Geo wasn't in the lineup at that point as well, if I'm not mistaken. So he's coming in, he's making his presence felt. These were the guys that you brought in to bring that mentality that's not piss and vinegar showed the snot piss and vinegar that game. Now Let's just hope that this could continue afterwards into the postseason when that intensity amps up and you need someone to step up and get into the face of the opponents. But I really liked it. I thought that was a textbook game. And like I mentioned before, the physicality that showed in that first game against the Blues where they were finishing off the checks on the four check on along the boards, open ice. I mean, even in that second Blues game, Simon Benoit just absolutely leveled Pavel Buchnevich with a great open ice hit. Those are the type of plays you want to see. That's playoff hockey resonating with this team right now. And if they can do that, again, you they may not have the type of names that are like appealing on a roster because Simon Benoit was, you know, supposed to be a seventh, eighth guy, but he's playing the same in the roster. Reeves is showing that he wants to stick on the roster as well. This is the internal competition. This is the fight. This is what you want to see with all of them. And that is that is something that's going to stick with this team. That may it may not have seemed like much because it was the Ducks, but that could go a long way, no matter what. Just like that game against the Sens, that could go a long way. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll give a quick shout out here, Habibi. Thank you, thank you. Um, and yes, Bubba, it's uh, it's playoff ready, my friend. Playoff ready, um, <laughs> months ready in advance. That's right. That's right. I like to be prepared. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to take a step further and talk about the St. Louis game because I think the nine, two blowout, it was great to see five points from Matthews. He played what 15 minutes, 15, 42 or something like that. Just to, getting benched afterwards too. Yeah. Getting points. benched, uh, after his five <laughs> points, what a way to get benched. But, uh, yeah, the game against St. Louis, I mean, you had everybody contributing camp had two hits. Reeves had two hits. Matthew Nyes had two hits. Um, those were your leaders. You had, 
guys with three, four shots. Domi had three shots. He was getting in there. And I love what they've been doing with the lines. Like the the, the top nine right now is is looking so much better than what what we had expected kind of coming out of that all-star break. Bertuzzi's getting involved. He, mm-hmm. you know, he got that that one goal in, in Anaheim, uh, or, or against Anaheim rather. Um, and you know, you could just see the kind of relief. We talked about it last week where you know, he gets involved and you see the players kind of, you know, crowd him and, and surround him. They want him there. They want him to yeah. succeed. You had Nylander. Uh, Nylander had um, almost a 70% face-off uh, uh, win percentage. You had Tavares. Shorthanded goal. Shorthanded goal. You had Tavares over 60%. So, I mean, everybody was contributing and everything is going in the right ways right now. So, that's that's the kind of stuff that you want to see. And that's why I say it's so much more playoff hockey right now is what we're seeing because that's what needs to get done when come playoff time. So if they can do it now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say they're not gonna go on a on a on a bit of a run later where they might lose four or five. But um, you know, this is the kind of effort that you've wanted to see all season long. It's consistent, they're playing well. I mean, it certainly helps that you've got Matthews on this absolute tear, um, but that's that's what you want to see, and I, I think that's that's the biggest takeaway from from their recent plays is just what they've been able to accomplish as a team, as a unit, rather than one single player or one single line. Absolutely, yeah, and you know what? To see Bertuzzi be so elated with that goal like even i i i don't i don't remember what he said but it looks like you could read lips and it sounded like he dropped an f-bomb like you know finally or something like that right it's, it's been a long time coming for bertuzzi and this is a guy that has made a living in and around the goal area below the goal line making feeds passing it uh passing it to his teammates he's a great playmaker and he buries those chances and we saw what he could do in the playoffs this is a guy that shined with star players with Pasternak and Marchand and Bergeron. Now, all of a sudden, he goes really cold. I mean, there, there's always this buzz or talk about wanting to trade Bertuzzi right now. And I kind of get it because he's not living up to that 5.5 contract. But you put him on another playoff team, that's going to probably come back to haunt you. And you're caught in like, like at a crossroads of what to do with him. If he could pop off, like if he could go on a streak where he could get maybe not expecting a goal per game, kind of like Austin Matthews, where he's scoring nine and five or like almost two goals per game. But if he could get like in this next stretch of like five, 10 games, at least four to six, that's a good positive step for him in that direction. And hopefully he can start bearing some more, especially on the power play too. I know they took uh, Tavares off to try and get Bertuzzi going a little bit more because he deserves the reward. He deserves that opportunity right now. And if he can get going, that's going to be a big plus. Yeah, it's all about creating. He's done just that uh, over the last number of games. But we've been talking a lot about the Leafs in Arizona tonight. I would put my money on air on uh, the Leafs to, to take this one. And just with that, quick word from our sponsors over at DraftKings. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice this week. New customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. If you're looking at Matthews, anytime goal score for 50, he's paying minus 135. And another Arizona boy in Matthew Nye's paying plus 285 to score tonight against his hometown Coyotes. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by, varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Well, Obviously, a big game in Arizona tonight. We've talked a little bit about it. We, we've mentioned possible goal scores. Um, the Leafs are getting hot right now. They are, are I mean, 4-0 in the last four without Riley. They've missed a few other players along the way. Is it too early to be this hot, or are they getting hot at, right the, at just the right time? Yeah, and I believe even they're, they've outscored their opponents 21 to 7. Then again, my math may be completely off because I have been never good at that. Um, just did, just trying to do some quick math at the top of my head here. 21, yeah, okay. So my math was kind of right. Um, yeah, given how, you know, they beat teams that they were supposed to, you know, Blues were kind of you know, decent, they were getting hot, but, you know, they took advantage of a team that's in the playoff spot to, you know, put a wrench in things there. Philadelphia Flyers kind of had their moments as well, took advantage of a blue team, and you get two more with the Coyotes to end, right? well, tonight and then to end the month as well. But now is when the, you're beating teams that you're supposed to beat right now, and that is a really good start. But now it's time to take that one step further and continue to show that fight against perennial contenders because then you got three straight against the last two cup cup winners. Two against Vegas, one against Colorado. You don't see a whole... I'm looking at their schedule for March and April, so that's going to be the home stretch. You don't see a lot of those games against those playoffs or teams that are outside of the playoffs. You're dealing with a lot of players or a lot of teams that are in that situation or battling to get in you need to take advantage of every single game at this point if they can do that that again that is what you want to do you want to be playing hockey playoff hockey in march leading up to the deadline and after the deadline getting ready for the postseason you do that with getting we always talk about how teams need to play hot like be hot going in have that stretch of games if they could go uh, have a strong winning record, that's definitely got that's definitely got to feel good for the whole entire team, considering what they've been able to or what they've gone through adversity wise. You know, slow starts, poor defensive games, injuries. It seems like everything affected them to this point. You know, Samson was supposed to be their starting goaltender. He got sent down because of inconsistent play. Now he's playing well. He's at the top of his game. If everyone is on top of things and they play like they have during this stretch against said past Stanley Cup winners, top contenders in Boston and Florida, 
trying to still exercise those demons against Tampa Bay. And because, you know, they got that rivalry going on right now. Put a damper in teams fighting for a playoff spot like the New Jersey Devils, which is kind of a bit of a shock right now because I think many of us wa- anticipated them to get in. They they just got to keep it going. They really need to show that wa- that they are a, per- a, re- a really strong perennial contender, even though on paper they may not be the best-looking team or have the depth, but that's up to see what happens at the deadline. If they could get some, you know, let not sure if they'll be able to get a Chris Tanev if they're willing to part with that first or even top picks. We'll see what happens. But if they could secure some more depth pieces, that I think is going to play a huge part as a result. Yeah, I think right now the the thing to look at is is you know the past ten games for most of these teams. Like this is where you have to take advantage and. And the Leafs have to look at it, and they have to continue to, to to create opportunities the way they have, take advantage advantage of opportunities the way they have, and know that you know as much as and we'll get into this in a second. As much as we want Matthews to to hit seventy, like his pace could slow down at any point. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 be realistic. We're not going to say there's a chance, anything, yeah, right. So, but in saying that, the Vegas Golden Knights in their last 10, 5, 4, and one. The Colorado Avalanche in their last 10, 5 And I just saw a word right now that Mark Stone could be out for a significant amount of time. So I'll you're without back. Mark Stone and Jack Eichel, who was also put on LTIR. In- interesting. Interesting. Uh, it's the, Is it the Kucherov move going into the deadline? Uh, I, I don't know, but it looks like Stone did take a really big hit. Okay. It, so it really did look like he's had some happened. back issues he, uh, over his career yeah. as well, which is, you know, scary, obviously playing, playing at that level, but, but um, a lot of, a lot of fans and teams are going to be like, okay, you know, caps are a convention again, you know, there's yeah. going to be a good chunk of LTIR money right there. Well, until the league does something about that, it, there's always going to be that conversation yeah. as well. Um, Arizona, obviously they take them on tonight and as well, I believe later in February, Oh, nine and one in their last 10. Then let's jump over to the Atlantic. Uh, you mentioned the devils as well, four, five and one in their last 10. Um, and then obviously the Atlantic right now, the Leafs are eight, two and oh, in their last 10 Florida Panthers, obviously streaking at nine and one in their last 10, the Boston Bruins right now, four, four and two in their last 10. They the haven't looked have, really great. They recently. have not looked great. They have not looked great. And the Leafs right now have two games in hand on the Boston Bruins. They have three games in hand on the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are just three points behind them in the standings. And they have two games in hand on the Florida Panthers. So normally at this time of the year, the Leafs have zero control over their over their uh, destiny because they've played more games than most other teams in their division. This time around, the Leafs hold games in hand on all four, all three of those teams above yeah. them. They control their destiny. This is what it's going to come down to. They have to win these games. Those two games in hand, that puts you out of reach of the Tampa Bay Lightning if you win both of those oh, games. It's critical because you create that separation. Exactly. And, and it gives you the opportunity to fight for home home ice advantage. It gives you the opportunity to, to, to find yourself in that top three. And it gives you the opportunity to exercise those playoff demons if need be when you get to that point. But their focus needs to be now. It needs to be what's coming up next, not what's coming up come April when mm-hmm. when playoffs hit and we're we're playing playoff hockey. This is playoff hockey for the Maple Leafs. There's no question they're getting hot at the right time. Play like each game like it's an elimination game. 
because they've been in this spot before. They know what it's like to close things out right now. They need to keep playing as if this is do or die. This is their moment. This is game seven. They need it. We, we talk about them having to have that mentality and mindset. This is the perfect time where your roster is not as strong as what it was last year. You lost key pieces. Now, hopefully that this is the time that all the core four are firing on all cylinders because they have been all season. They just need to do it at the right moment right now, not just one person carrying the other three or the other members of their team right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. A quick last message from Bubba. BJ, go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go, baby. Go Leafs, go. Yes, absolutely. Um, our final note of the night before we, we tail off on episode 150 to go watch our Leafs beat the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona at, what is it called? Gila Arena? Gila? Yeah. Yeah, Gila Arena. I think it's G-I-L-A. Gila Arena. Um, anyways, Austin Matthews is scoring on an unprecedented pace. The conversation. Mullet about, Arena. Mullet Arena. Oh, it's Mullet now. They were at Gila Arena, right? Yeah, it was Gila Arena before because now they're playing at, you know, ASU. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyways, yep. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we digress. Yes. Uh, the, <laughs> Matthews is scoring at an unprecedented, unprecedented rate. Um, he, as we mentioned, he's looking to go for 70. He's looking for 50 tonight against his hometown team. Um, there are stats floating around and this is a conversation I've had with you guys for, for a while now. He's on a better pace score career wise than Alex Ovechkin and Wayne Gretzky. Okay. I believe he's averaging 0.64 goals per game, which is incredible. Uh, there's only three players above him. One was Mike Bossy, who unfortunately his career was cut short. Um, probably the greatest goal scorer of all time when you talk about NHL players. Mm -hmm. um, and then I forget who the other two were. Um, and then the other note was error-adjusted goal scorers. There was one player that scored better than him in error-adjusted goal scorers being Brett Hall. So very interesting stats to throw your way. You can look them up if you want. You can you can take them as you will. This guy is is having an incredible year. And and just in the last week has there been conversation about Austin Matthews as a Hart Trophy candidate. Now this is a guy who should potentially win the Selkies top five, I believe, in block shots by forwards. He plays on the penalty kill. He eats up minutes. He's also played on the power play. He plays in all situations, and he's he's just. Uh, an incredible 200 foot player. Um, he's also likely going to win the rocket Richard in something, unless something drastic happens. Um, but when we talk about the heart trophy, a lot of times we go with who has the most points. And right now, Nikita Kucherov obviously has the most points. If, if Tampa doesn't have Kucherov in the lineup, we've seen it before in past seasons, they can still get the job done. If mm -hmm. you don't have a 70 goal scorer in your lineup, are the Leafs where they want to be at this point in the season? No, because he's created so many game tying and game winning opportunities off of his stick. So many times that even early on in the season where he had those back to back hat tricks, especially against Montreal, he was the catalyst in securing that, you know, massive win against the Montreal Canadiens where they didn't deserve to win. He scored in big moments where he's carrying the team on his back. I didn't think they had a best first period against the Philadelphia Flyers. What does he do? Gets a hat trick. What happened in Calgary when they had that awful first period so far to that point? 
he goes in and shows his dominance, scores that goal as soon as he enters the uh, uh, opposing blue line for the uh, uh, against the Flames. Answers with a hat trick himself. This guy is scoring at clutch moments. This guy is scoring when the team needs him to. And he's scoring big goals in big ways, one-timers, deflections, and in round in uh, tight spaces around the net. He's doing it all. He's not just doing it from one specific area. He's all over the place right now. And you talk about those stats and numbers, how you were to put Matthews in that type of era. It's off the charts of what he's able to do right now. It's insane. And even right now, like you don't think that, you know, you look at his shooting percentages throughout his whole entire season. They've been very consistent. They hasn't dipped below 14% at all. This guy is deadly accurate with a shot and his placement and accuracy and everything like that. Like his best shooting percentage was in 2020, 21, that season where he scored 41 goals, you know, um, during the COVID lockout season, that was another on pay season where he probably could have hit 60. Now it's at 21.5. Like you don't, I can't remember the last time I saw somebody with a shooting percentage that high that was as productive as him. But yeah, you talk about how Kucherov, McKinnon, are probably the front runners for the Art Ross or the MVP at this point. Matthew should get a lot of talk right now. And the fact that he hasn't gotten a lot of talk to this season, even when he was scoring goals, when the, when the Maple Leafs were downright just awful and he was always their best players showing up every single night. That just proves this guy is a difference maker. This is a guy that is carrying the team and is an immensely valuable player to them. You take away those goals or you take half of them out. They're not even in the spot that they're in right now. They're not just, you know, going back and forth between third spot and a wild card spot. This is a team that could very well may have been out of a playoff position had he not scored the goals that he had at critical moments. I think that he deserves a lot more recognition at this point. And the fact that he's already at 50 and 53 games. I think the last one to do that in, sh- in a short amount of time or within that span was Mario Lemieux. I, I'm going to have to go back and check on that. I'm going to have to do some fact checking and digging right there, but he is absolutely tearing it up right now. And if he could hit 70 points, the first player to do it since I believe it was both Mogilny and Solani. That is what else can you say? What else can you say about that? All right, I'm going to throw this at you. He's seventh, tied in seventh in the league in points with 73. Right now, he's sitting 21 points back of Kucherov for the uh, for number one spot. He's not like there's nobody even close when it comes to goals. He's uh, 49, 10 ahead of Sam Reinhart right now, uh, who has 39 for Florida. Obviously, also having a big year. But what other player in the league right now is made up for 25 percent of their team's overall goals? That's got to be that's got to be taken into consideration. Yeah. Um, I think you know minus minus the fact that you know Kucherov's having an incredible year. McKinnon's got a lot of power play points, so he's racking up the points as well. He's sitting at ninety two. The conversation has to be what have they done for their teams? And the Leafs right now would not be where they are without a guy scoring twenty five percent of their goals, making up for that 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 whatever thirteen million he's going to be making next season. Also the um, lack of scoring depth too. Also the lack of scoring depth. 
and and the goaltending issues they've had this season as well. This team is where they are because of Austin Matthews. I don't think there's any question about it. He's got to be in the heart conversation. There has to be talk. If he hits 70, there's no question. He has to win the heart trophy. That just isn't done in today's game. Um, mm-hmm. And and he's, he's, he's on pace to do so. So um, definitely something that has to be talked about. Um, other than that, uh, I do want to share with you my donkey of the week. Um, this was just before you do, before you do, I did find that tweet. Um, Matthews 59 goal, 49 goals in 53 games to become the fastest player to 50 goals in a season since Mario Lemieux did it in 95, 96, 50 goals in 50 games played record among active skaters is 61 games by McDavid in 22, 20. So last season and Matthews is looking to just absolutely crush that a season after McDavid said, you know what? I'm not going quietly in the MVP race. And that was from Sportsnet Stats. There you go. There you go. So this comes from uh, optimism in this day and age at Steve Steele 23. Uh, he shared this lovely Habs fan. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but the Habs fan with the jersey at the Habs game. Um, number 67, Leafs suck. So um, look. Is it really worth it? If you want to spend your money and customize your own jersey to have your last name, I still think that's a donkey move. To go and get a, a Habs jersey and customize it with Leaf Sucks 67. Um, yeah. I mean that's just a waste. Like it was it really worth it. Yeah, you're paying you like, could have had Suzuki or Caulfield on there. Yeah, 250 bucks. I don't know. Anyways, that's my donkey of the week. Peter, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. 150 episodes. Uh, it's been a ride. I look forward to the next 150. Uh, can't wait to, to get more, more, uh, more form release on this show. And that's going to happen as we continue to, to progress here. Anything you want to add before we close it out here, buddy? No, uh, very quiet on my end right now. Uh, but I will say this, this is now, like we mentioned this whole entire episode, now is when the grind starts. Now is when, they, they, like, they with Riley's suspension, they played their best hockey. It can't stop when he returns after this game. They need to be pedal to the metal, in your face, doing everything they can to win every single game. And now with the situation that the Golden Knights are in, the fact that you're playing them twice in the next three games, that needs to be said that you got to take advantage of your opponents. You cannot sit back at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, like I've said before, everybody who tunes in weekly, we appreciate you guys. We wouldn't be at episode 150 without you. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us on any of the socials down below Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Let's get us to that century mark. Shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network who has driven this show over the last. Uh, the last season, uh, DraftKings, Indie Alehouse, everybody who tunes in, we appreciate you. That's it. Signing off for episode 150.